Am I really actually ready to love someone in sickness and in health? Am I really in the place where I have to offer what it is I want? I mean, all of us know what we want, right, Kylie? We have like the list. I hope I meet someone like this, 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 and this. But have you gone and looked in the mirror and looked at your list and then asked yourself honestly if you actually match up with the things on the list that you want? This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. Um, This week's episode, we're kind of entitling our pre-Valentine's Day episode where we get to talk all about singleness. Um, Camus, wanted me to know well she probably didn't want me to know but she kept noting that her and I are both single and last year we did two Valentine's Day episodes and this year we're doing two Valentine's Day episodes too and she just likes that we're single and are going all out with our Valentine's Day celebrating um so I guess, hope you guys enjoy it um but this week we have with us Stephen Farr he's coming back he we had his episodes a couple months ago um and I always forget to look up the titles before it comes. But anyways, I'll put the title of his last episodes um, in the description so you can look at those. But yeah, um, welcome, Stephen. Thanks for coming back. We're so excited to have you. Hey, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be talking about relationships. And hey, I just want to say something to all the single ladies, all the single guys out there. All right. Uh, Valentine's Day is a day when we also not only celebrate the relationships that God has given those who are blessed enough to be in relationships, to have found a significant other, to have a dating relationship, to possibly be engaged, or even have you reached that holy grail of marriage where you you find out that, wait a minute, we're here now, we're married, relationships are hard work. I don't know where you're at in this process. So we certainly don't want to make this episode something that's leaving out the people that are in relationships. However, we do know, Kylie, Let's be real. Both the Johnson sisters can attest to this. Valentine's Day, February, can feel like not Valentine's Day, but instead National Single Awareness Day for everyone (laughs) in the world. If you're single, if you're single, you are very aware of your singleness on the day when all of the happy lovey-dovey cards and the heart-shaped boxes full of chocolate and the flowers and everything are flowing. And, and it you just seems have to like buy yourself chocolate. <laughs> you have to, right. You send yourself flowers and chocolates to the office you work at. So people will think that somebody's crushing on you just so you don't feel pathetic and lonely while everybody else is getting something from their significant others. And, and, and by the way, let's not forget the people who are already married or in a relationship or who are engaged, whose significant other forgets. Yeah. The travesty yeah. of it all. I mean, ah, uh, it can be That's worse so than being single. Single friends, it can be worse than being single. You could be in a relationship with a person who doesn't like Valentine's Day. You may have been dreaming of that box of chocolates, those flowers your whole life. And then you find someone and you're dating them and they're like, Valentine's Day, National Consumerism Day, I'm out. And you're like, no, like I've been waiting all these years to not. Yeah, okay, all right. But anyway, I'm happy to be back. Let's just say this before we get started. Let's do a prayer. But before we do that, let's just say this. Whether you're single or in a relationship on Valentine's Day, I want to tell you something. God is real. Oh, let's go there. God is good, right? Yeah. It's a little harder to say God is good if we're single, right? (laughs) Some days. Some Some days. days. And then other times we see relationships where we're like, I'm glad I'm not in that relationship. God is good because I am single. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I know. I've been feeling the singleness. And I mean, we're recording this pre-February, but I have been feeling the singleness already, guys. So, you know, 
Yeah, it's painful for all you single yeah. people out there. You are not alone. Now, listen, I just want to encourage you, um, Kylie. I am not going to ask you your age because you are a woman, and that is a cardinal sin to do. We're not going to do that on the podcast. Don't even don't even answer. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I will volunteer that I know that I'm older than you. Yes, and I just want to say that what we're going to cover today on today's podcast is so encouraging, even for me, because I've gone on a journey of singleness that has lasted a very long time. I've even reached, you'll have to look it up in the Bible. I'm not going to tell you my age, but what I will say is I have reached the age when Isaac received his wife, Rebecca, when she came riding oh. up on a camel, what age he was. I have reached that promised land age. Um, so you're just waiting for the girl to ride up on her camel. You know, I don't know any people that own camels. Do you know, like, do you know a woman that has a camel? No, but there was that, there was, um, that camel that lived outside of Walla Walla. It lived in, um, Waitsburg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't even think that camel's owned by like, no, I think it was like, yeah. And I don't think that a woman's going to be riding up on a camel. So I don't know. We're going to have to have like a 2022 version. Like we need a 2022 version of the Isaac and Rebecca story to happen in my life. Maybe like a bike or a horse. Because let me just tell you, um, whether you are, whether you are younger than I am, or you have past that age where you think you should be married, God is real, God is good. And we can see stories throughout the entire Bible that show that the seasons of our life that are for meant for singleness and the seasons of our life that are meant for marriage are different for everyone. There is not mm -hmm. a one size fits all uh, in this thing. But before we get going here, before you start interviewing me and I start going crazy on relationships, because you saw me at Wilderness Wandering. <laughs> I did. In California. And I was like a wild man. I was like John the Baptist, you know, like clothed in camel's hair. Look at that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I do not have Rebecca riding up on the camel because I killed the camel and put it on for clothes. What's wrong with me? <laughs> That's the problem. No. <laughs> that is the problem. Oh, we know, now we know. Now we now know what we know. happened. But anyway, I was a wild man in the wilderness preaching on singleness. And this is how I end up on your podcast today. So let's pray. You want to say a prayer for us? Yeah, I do. I do. So let's get started. All right. Um, dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for bringing Stephen Farr back on this podcast and bringing us both together um, to talk about singleness. Um, Lord, like we've just kind of been talking about, um, there's a time and there's a season for all different things in our life. And I know that there is a time and a season for a lot of us to be single and to experience singleness, even if it's not the phase of life that we want to be in. But dear Lord, please help us to be able to learn about how um, this phase of life can be such a blessing and about how you can work in this phase of life and the many things that you have to teach us in this life, um, this phase of life. And please um, send your Holy Spirit to be with Stephen and I as we do this um, recording, um, that we may speak words that bring glory to your name and that teach others about your goodness. Amen. Amen. Okay. So you told me that you and your sister, um, the two uh, creators of the God is Real, God is Good podcast have come up with questions for me. You and I have also kind of talked a little bit about uh, some of the things that you heard at Wilderness Wanderings that you think would be great for your listeners to hear about. So I am ready for the rapid fire to come at me right now. I'm ready for it. I'm <laughs> okay. as ready as I'm going to get. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be rapid fire. Uh, my very first question, which I feel like we've already answered though, is like, Stephen, are you single? <sighs> well, you know, yes. At the ripe old age of very young, <laughs> but not as young age. as I used to be. Yeah, I'm 21 plus tax and I've paid tax more times than you have. <laughs> um, however, yes, uh, I am still single. Um, and I'm going to have to say it's really weird. It's not weird. It's 
I have been on this wild journey. We'll talk about it a little bit today where God has just brought me to this place of peace about singleness. I, I have to be honest. I am not, I didn't even know, like, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. If we're doing a Valentine's day, <laughs> this is so terrible to it. Isn't it in February? You know, I was like, is it January? <laughs> I was like, is this, I'm like, is it already upon me again? Like, <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I don't know. For some reason this year, I'm feeling a lot of peace about this singleness thing. Mm. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Must definitely be from God. That's um, not every year. Yeah. Like there's years where I'm like, you know, rending the heavens. <laughs> like, <laughs> Lord, you have forgotten me. You have blessed every man that I know with a beautiful woman. I have gone through two Adventist universities, Walla Walla and Andrews. <laughs> I, I uh, my eyes were opened. I was praying all the time. And somehow you know, both Walla Walla University and Andrews have failed me. You know, Western Wedding University did nothing for me. Um, yeah, maybe I should have gone to Southern. That's what they're going to tell me. They're going to be like, dude, you went to the wrong schools. I don't know. But there have been years, I will admit to you, where the singleness thing was just like, oh, this is unbearable. Everyone's getting engaged. You know, it's like engagement book or engagement gram. You know, everyone's getting engaged. Everyone's getting in a relationship. Everyone's getting chocolate and flowers. It's Valentine's Day again. And Kylie, what's going on? I know that was me sitting there. My my so my older sister that doesn't like help host the podcast. She got engaged uh, over Christmas. And I'm just like sitting there counting the number of people on Facebook and in Instagram that got engaged. And I'm just like, yeah, God here I am, you know, yeah. uh, where's you're my like, guys. You're like, hello guys. I am single. I am a godly woman. I, Maybe that's I what am a I should do. Woman. You know I should make a Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like, by the way, if you ask me to be your Valentine and by the way, you better be a godly guy. I mean, you better be praying. Exactly. We have standards right. over here. I'm not just, like I have stand- it's not just like any, it's not a, it's not like, hi, I'm single. I'll date anyone. That's not where we're at Kylie. Okay? Yeah, no, I feel like we're right. digressing really far. This isn't about. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> how we're both really single and need relationships. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's good that we kind of went down that road for a few minutes here. And here's yeah. why. Yeah. Because this is, let, let's be real. God cares about our feelings. And if God mm-hmm. is real and God is good, then God has compassion for those who are like, hey, I'm still in the land of singleness and I'm starting to ask that question. Like enough time has gone by. I'm at the age now. There's been enough years of singleness. There's been enough years where I don't feel like there's anybody on the horizon for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you just starting like, okay, hello? Yeah, but yeah. So now that we've talked about the struggle of singleness. Um, the struggle is real. Just, the struggle. Just, just, Wait, just as God is real, the struggle is real. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so just as the struggle is real, um, I, we want to talk about the like the good stuff that like, okay, there's something, like I said, you know, there's a season for everything. Ecclesiastes talks about that, right? Yes. Yes. And so there's a time and there's a season for everything. And mm-hmm. so- um, we're going to talk about the se- season of singleness and like what's good and why it's good. And you're going to tell us all about that, Stephen, because um, you have somehow been deemed the expert. Um, Lord but- have mercy. I mean, maybe I'm only an expert on singleness because I've been doing it for a very long time. But don't <laughs> anyone start calling me old either, because I am the youngest old person you will ever meet. And I think mm-hmm. anyone who's ever interacted with me knows God has blessed me with youth at an older age. So yes. I, I'm I've been interacted with you and you are very youthful. So I 100% agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, to start off by um, 
talking about singleness, let's start with friendship. Let's take a step back and talk about some friendship. You have stuff to share with me about friendship. Yeah. Hey, listen, people, I've heard this said so many times. Can I just please tell you about a pet peeve? Can we do that? Yes. yes. Okay. People get crazy. Guys and girls alike. I've heard it said so many times in the dating scene. Oh no. And maybe not as much recently, but this has been a thing. Yeah. I've been put in the friend zone. Mm-mm. Dun, dun, dun. The friend zone. <laughs> yes. And I actually read a book. I read a book called Love Like That. Okay. And this book, I looked at the cover, says Love Like That. That's all it says. Dr. Les Perot, number one New York Times bestselling author. And then the subtitles, what got me. Okay. Mm. Because I'm like, love like that. What is this about? Yeah. It could be a like, lot is this of just like another like God book or like, what, what is this? And it says at the bottom, five relationship secrets from Jesus. Boom. Oh. Captivated. Now, going along this idea of friendship. Okay. What I loved about this book is in the beginning, it starts talking about the lost art of relationship, period. Mm. Okay. Friends. Listen, we live in a world full of people who want it all now. It's like, hey, if I'm single, I've got to be in a relationship. If I'm in a relationship, then we got to get that ring on that finger. If I've got that ring on that finger, we got to get married. And then now we got to start talking about, right? Yeah, we all like live on this like timeline too. And like, yeah, and it's like, it's just like, okay, I'm, uh, I graduated high school. I graduated college. Now it's time I, or I'm in college. I need to get married right now. Are like, oh, look, it's time for this. It's time for now that I'm married, I need to have a baby in like a year or whatever. Like we all like think we're on this timeline of everything needs to happen right now. And um, don't ask my mother, but apparently I'm probably really bad at that too, because I definitely have checked in my head. I have these checklists of, okay, it's time to do this and I have to do this by then. But I mean, in reality, that's not, no, it's not good. It's not right. True. And so here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. Go for it. Would you want to be married to a person that you weren't friends with? Mm, no, no. Right. So like it, maybe you would be like in one of those cultures where it doesn't even matter whether or not you see the person as a friend or whether you could see them as being your best friend in life. You know what? Hey, here we go. We're just going to, you're at the age now. We're just going to pick a man for you. We're going to have a big wedding and now you're married. You're not digging that boat? <laughs> no. Okay. No. So this is why I don't understand why people are so afraid of being in the friendship zone with someone of mm. the opposite sex. Mm. Right. Because what I see is, is yes. Okay. Obviously there is that kind of like, this is either someone compatible with me or not. And there is that area in the friendship zone that you can be placed where it's like, okay, this is not happening. But the point of the matter is, is I think so many of us have been affected by the consumeristic society, by the social media world that we live in, where everything is right now at the click of my fingertips. I want it now. I know when I want it to happen that, that first of all, we, we no longer understand how to have relationship without agenda. We, we don't understand how to actually just be in that place of the season of friendship where we're getting to know a person and finding out who is this person, right? Yeah. Okay. And specifically, we see in the Bible that it says that, you know, while, while people are judging people on the outward appearance, God is judging people based on their heart and their character, right? Mm. Okay. Now, I want to get too much into that right now because that'll come later on in the podcast. But I need to touch on that just for a moment so that I can say this. Listen. If you're not friends with someone, if you can't be best friends with the person, what in the world makes you think you want to marry them based on maybe outward appearance, um, chemistry, romantic attraction, things you have in common? I mean, like you might not even know the things you have in common. And I see so often in the world, it's like, 
she said that she only wants to be friends with me, or he said that he only wants to be friends. He's not sure that he wants to be in a relationship. And it's like, okay, tell me anything about the person. <laughs> Besides the fact that you saw the sparkle in his or her eye and you think they're cute. Like, what do you even know? And it's like, um, uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, so you want to spend the rest of your life with a person that you don't know. Yeah, right? apparently. So what I loved about the book, Love Like That, and the five relationship secrets from Jesus is that it actually takes us down this road where we begin to start understanding how to enter into the world that we have forgotten about, how to actually be a part of the lost art of relationship and friendship, mm. not through a consumeristic way of looking at things. And what this book actually asks us to ask right from the get-go is, God, am I in the season of being married? Is this the season in which you want me getting married? A, mm. what is your plan for my life? Putting God on the throne. Because a lot of people are asking who. They're not mm. asking God if. We, oh. we, we totally skip. We, we, we jump the line with God. And I know for a fact, there are people listening to this podcast right now who are older than me that are still single. Mm. Okay. And there, I have known in my life in ministry, I have known people that have lived their entire life single. Now, I don't want people out there that are single to freak out. And, you know, you might be in your 20s, you know, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 years old or whatever. And you're thinking, oh, no, you know, Pastor Farr is telling me that, you know, God's going to have like all of these people be single. No, listen, there are more people who will end up married in this life than there are who have the gift of singleness. There are mm -hmm. more people who God has given the gift of marriage to. And at the right season, at the right time, you can trust him to bring someone into your life. You can also trust that if you take it into your own hands, you might end up choosing a relationship and a marriage that will bring absolute disaster and ruin to your life. But if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you can trust that God will help you to rediscover the lost art of friendship. Now, mm. I just want to read this verse to you. Go for it. Because when I got the audiobook Love Like That by Dr. Les Perot, I listened to the audiobook, and when this verse was read, I'm not going to tell you the verse. I'm just going to read it to you, okay? And then I want anyone out there listening, I, maybe you can try to guess which verse this is, okay? So here we go. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this to you. The reason why you might not recognize the verse right away is I'm going to read this to you in from the message. Okay. Oh, I love the message. Oh yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this so carefully. All of you out there looking for relationship, looking for love, looking to understand how to rediscover the lost art of friendship and relationship outside of just romantic relationship. Because friends, if you're single on Valentine's day, I challenge you do something kind or loving for your mother or your father, do something kind or loving for a friend who, you know, is in the same boat. Think about, okay, here we go. I'm going to read the verse to you. Ready for this? Yeah. You're going to love this. Watch what God does. And then you do it. Mm. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Mm. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Ooh, now this is where it gets good. Observe how Christ loved us. Now listen to this part very carefully. His love was not cautious, but instead extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Mm. Love like that. 
Mm. Yeah. You got to guess on what verse that is? That's the one. I don't know. Like um, Ephesians. Yeah. About how Christ first loved us. Chapter five, verse one and two in the message. Mm. If you, if you, if you were listening to that, when you, I, I love this part the most, he didn't love in order to get something. Friends, there are so many people running around being like, I really like her. And then when they're like, not immediately in love with you and wanting a relationship with you. It's like, oh, what a loser. She's not even good enough for me anyway, right? <laughs> we have these very, it's like, wait a minute. Didn't you just, I thought, like, weren't you saying that you were into, like, what happened with that? <laughs> you just loved her and now she's not good enough for you, but yeah. <laughs> and what I love about it, it says, observe how Christ loved us. He did not love us in order to get something from us, but in order to give everything of himself to us. And friends, if we actually could rediscover the lost art of friendship, of relationship, of loving like God, of observing God, of seeking God first, of first of all praying, hey, God, is this the season of my life in which you want me getting married? Is there anyone in my social circle that I know that I should actually be pursuing? Mm-hmm. Right, gentlemen, is there a woman in your life right now, if you're single, that you should be prayerfully pursuing, that you should be developing a friendship with, that you shouldn't be just going in for the kill and being like, you're either going to love me and be in a relationship with me and get ready to marry me and give me everything I ever wanted on my timeline, but instead, Maybe God wants you to learn how to actually love without an agenda and to be in friendship with a person in order to actually get to know each other for who you are. Because I'm going to challenge you to, I'm going to challenge you, Kylie, let me ask you something. If a guy came into your life and his goal was to become your best friend, is there a possibility that he might win your heart? Yeah. I mean, if he's going to be a pretty, I mean, if you're going to want to be my best friend, you're probably going to be pretty good at it, you know? That's super romantic, isn't it? Guys, take notes. Kylie's saying, she's a single lady. She's saying, listen. If instead of just coming up to me and trying to get the digits and, you know, have a ring on my finger and claim me in five seconds, you actually had an interest in getting to know me. And instead of coming up to me with an agenda of what you want to get from me, right? Because Christ didn't love us in order to get something from us, but in order to give everything of us to us. I've heard when I've given relationship talks before, people say to me, Stephen, that is way too hard. You're asking us to love like Jesus loved. You're asking us to love like God loved. And I'm like, but wouldn't that build a very beautiful romantic relationship and a solid foundation for a marriage? Yeah. Yeah. The, the look on her face, you guys can't see her face. The look on her face <laughs> That's like, a- you're not wrong. Okay. Yeah. So let me just, but just like, me just- sorry, but just oh, like yeah, go speak ahead. on like the best friend thing though. Like, you know, like I can't speak for all girls, but like, you know, I've had guys that are just like, Oh, I'm super interested in you. Da, 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 da. And you know, I'm like, if you just met me, you don't know anything about me. And like, I get cool. Maybe like I'm cute, whatever or that's what you think or whatever it is, but I'm just like, okay, you don't know anything about me. And like, but like you're saying, like, you know, if it's somebody that's known you and they're like, oh, I really like you, that has a lot more power and weight to it than just like, oh, I just really, really like you. You're like, you know nothing about me, (laughs) but thank you. But yeah, so definitely like that friend zone might not be a bad place. The friend zone might be the beginning of something beautiful if you actually take it as a challenge to- (laughs) you might want to take it as a challenge to actually have a real friendship with someone, not based on this is what I want right now, but instead, Hey, you know, be open to having friendships and be open to actually getting to know people, be thinking about what you have to offer rather than approaching people based on this is what I want right now. And this is the thing that's beautiful about the book, love like Jesus by Dr. Les Perot is he actually takes the approach to being more mindful. That means like actually thinking and considering others. Mm. being more approachable, being a mm. person who's not like, oh, I'm only going to approach or be approachable by the people that I want to be around. But instead, I'm going to like open it up and be open to God, you know, having people approach me that I may not have ever even thought twice about. Right. 
-hmm. Also being more graceful. All of us want grace, but how many of us want to give grace to others, right? Yeah, no. Another thing is though, hey, guys, if you're single, right? Let's learn to be bold. That's another way that we can love like Jesus. Be bold. But hey, being bold might be, for guys and ladies alike, might be taking a look in the mirror and asking yourself, hey, am I really actually ready to love someone in sickness and in health? Am I really in the place where I have to offer what it is I want? I mean, all of us know what we want, right, Kylie? We have like the list. I hope I meet someone like this, 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 and this. But have you gone and looked in the mirror and looked at your list and then asked yourself honestly if you actually match up with the things on the list that you want someone else? That's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. So part of being bold is actually coming to the place where it's like, hey, I have actually invested in seeking God first. I'm, I'm living my life of prayer. I'm living a life of praise. I'm in God's word. I'm asking God to help build in me the kind of character of person that is prepared to love someone else like Christ. Because let's, let's mm. face it, in Ephesians chapter 5, what does it say? It says, lay down your life for one another, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It doesn't say submit to each other because she's really cute. Mm. It doesn't say submit to him because he's got a really good job. It says, no, 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 no. When you find the one and you're going to enter into marriage, do it like Christ did it for the church. Lay Mm. down your life for the other person and submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ, not out of reverence for each other. Yeah. Let's go back to that. You said when you find the one. So talk to me about soulmates. Soulmates. Okay. All right. Soulmates. So there are people who will try to tell you that you have to find your soul mate. In fact, there's only one out there for you, right? There's only one <laughs> on the whole planet. And if you don't get the right person, your, your love is not going to be as great. You know, it's going to be, it probably won't work out. And okay. then divorce, terrible things. Right. Yeah. So I found this book online and I only ordered it. I admit to pick it apart. At first when I ordered <laughs> it, I was like, nope. This is yet another relationship book. And when you've been single as long as I've been single, you have plenty of time to read relationship books that make you, (laughs) I don't know how to say this in a nice way. Forgive me, everyone. But have you ever read one of those relationship books and you're reading it and you just kind of throw up in your mouth? (laughs) Yes. Because they're like, I like post on Facebook about like relationships and like, yeah. Right. It's like one of those married couples that's like 22 or 23 years old. And they're like, we waited forever and we were single through all of the deserts of life. And, (laughs) forget yeah and then like we had a come to jesus moment and suddenly everything was happily ever after and this is exactly this is the five steps on how it's going to happen for you and then you're just by the time you get to that you're like nauseated because you're like (laughs) i'm already past that point and it hasn't happened for me and i've done all the things you've I've done your five steps well your five steps sound really corny i am dating jesus he is the love of my life right but i still have no man like get real right okay here we go So the subtitle of Soulmates by God by Brad and Nicole Tabian is Let God Be Your Matchmaker. Mm. And what I loved about this book was, is this is the book that actually introduced this idea to me that first of all, we should be praying and asking God about what season we're in. We should be asking him, God, have you given me the gift of marriage or have you given me the gift of singleness in Mm -hmm. this season of my life, right? Mm. And it may be that you go through all of the seasons of life. I've known people that have gone through their entire life that have gotten to the place like me. I've totally surrendered my singleness to God. And I can tell you as honest as the day is long. um, I am not on this podcast and talking about singleness. I was not at wilderness wanderings or 
AYP or any of the other places, Indonesia. I've been asked all over the world, United Kingdom, Ontario, Canada. I can't even believe all the places I've spoken on relationships in the last couple of years of my life. And it's so weird because I'm honestly not in this place where I'm like, I got to get married or I have to find a relationship right now. Mm. And I'll talk more about that later. But what I liked about this book was it does challenge you to actually discover God's best for you mm. by becoming God's best for somebody else. Oh, And by actually building your relationship with God, by investing in relationships, like I talked about in the, in the book, Love Like That, by rediscovering the lost art of relationship, not based on what I'm going to get, right? But based on what God can actually prepare me to give, we can actually trust God to be the ultimate matchmaker for our special somebody. Now, mm. is it a soulmate in the way that the world thinks of soulmates? No. C- clearly, if you look at the book of Genesis, God gave Adam and Eve all of the trees of the garden except for one, right? And when it comes to relationships, I think a more biblical approach points to the fact, hey, there are a lot of people out there that could actually end up being a person that you could choose to commit your life to and God could bless it, mm. right? Yeah. However, what I liked about this book is it does it does encourage us to actually do God's way. Romans 12 verse two says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So, hey, when you see that boy or girl that you think is cute, don't choose the person based on the patterns of the world, but instead already be walking out in your singleness, a relationship with God that is causing your mind conformed to actually want the things that God wants. Why? Because everything that we're beholding, Kylie, is shaping our mind either after the pattern of the world or after the pattern of God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And if I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, if I'm trusting God that he knows what season of life I am, he knows whether or not there's somebody in my sphere of influence that I can actually interact with that would be good for me to be in a relationship with, or whether or not in the season of life, hey, listen, this Valentine's Day, better for you to be single because guess what? You haven't met a guy yet. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, like don't, don't settle. And what I loved about this book is, is that essentially I'll just close the thoughts on this book with this. This book talks about trusting God's way, trusting God's timing, right? Talking to God about, hey, am I supposed to be married or single? Going on the journey of like, where am I at with purity? Now, I, lo- I know a lot of people out there nowadays are like, dude, listen, purity culture is rape culture. Purity is bad. You can't talk about being pure. With I'm like, look, listen, friends, I don't know about you, but I don't see any single men or single women lining up to get married to a person who is struggling with purity, who is out. It's like, if you know that somebody's struggling, and I'm not trying to put anyone down because of the sin in their life, but if you know somebody that is struggling And they are in serial relationships where they're giving away way more physically than they should be before marriage. Or if you know that somebody is struggling with pornography, okay, and that's going on in their life, you would need, if you knew that about a person, you would need to love that person enough to help them get the kind of counseling that would help them break free from sexual addiction or from relationships, from going from physical relationship to physical relationship with somebody else. And so clearly people who are saying that when people are saying, hey, I've got a standard, I want to meet a person that's going to want to save themselves physically for marriage, right? And if that is your standard, because that is God's standard, friends, I don't care what the world says, okay? 
We can't be conforming after the pattern of the world if we're going to end up in the relationship that God wants for us. And if we're going to let God be our matchmaker, clearly we can't be listening to the advice of people in the world like you should live with them first. You should no. sleep with them first. You should make sure. No, this is conforming to the pattern of the world. And so lastly, I'll just say, listen, um, when it comes down to it, you want to be asking yourself, what is God's plan for my life? And rather than just settling for whoever is immediately available to you because you can't be patient, <laughs> go on a journey with God and say, God, I'm going to trust you to be my matchmaker. I'm going to trust that your way is the right way. I'm going to trust that in the right season, you're going to have a person in my life that I can actually walk hand in hand with. Mm. I can let God be my matchmaker. And I will say this. There are three tests that this book outlines. Um, first of all, the desire test. Where am I at in my life and where is the person that I'm interested at? Let me just give you two verses. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. And also Psalm 145, 19, he fulfills the desires of those who fear him, right? So in the light of these promises, it seems reasonable that if we really want to be married, that God will grant that desire. But this is not an absolute guarantee or and, and it's not something that we should be wanting in our timing, but we should want it in God's timing. The mm. second test in the book is the calling test. When you meet somebody, when you're interacting with a person, does that person meet match the calling that God has on your life? And then the other mm. question you have to be asking yourself, is the calling that God has for my life in this season conducive to marriage? Or is it better for me in this season to follow what God has for my life to be single? And then thirdly, the passion test. And the passion test um actually asks us to ask ourselves an honest question. Paul talks about it in the word. This is a little bit uncomfortable if we were talking with like guys and girls. Uh, sorry, Kylie. <laughs> She's like, I am a girl. Don't go. Okay, I'm only going to talk about what Paul says, but we wouldn't be like, you know, in a teen Sabbath school bringing this up. But one of the things this book points out, which is clearly good for us to discover is if you're asking whether or not God wants you to be married and you realize that you like have a strong physical desire to have a physical partner in marriage and it does not go away no matter how much you pray and you're like god i'm willing to be single paul counsels us listen mm. there's nothing wrong with being married and if you're someone who knows that you do not have the gift of celibacy for your entire life okay then you can you can guarantee that if you're really surrendering this to god and talking to him about it and he has not, not given you that gift and you're like listen i'm going to need a helpmate in life i'm going to need a physical partner in marriage then you can know that in God's timing and in his season, you can rest assured and you can be at peace about it. Listen, mm. God's going to bring you somebody. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's important to talk about. Like, yeah, it might be uncomfortable, but yeah, I think that it's a good thing to point out and talk about. Cause I think like you're saying, like there are some people that like maybe God is calling them to be single for a long time or for their whole life. But then there's people like, like you talked about in the beginning, you know, like Genesis, God, like God makes us like people that need a helpmate or need companions and stuff. And so like, it's not just like, oh, he, he wants us to have that in our life, especially if, you know, like you're saying, like we're praying about it and coming to him and stuff. So, yeah. Right. And remember Adam and Eve before sin, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Why? Because he realized, listen, if I'm giving to man dominion over the earth, right. In order for him not to actually cultivate the earth and do the things that honors God in a selfish way, He's going to mm -hmm. need to be in it. He's going to need to be in the biblical model of marriage or in the relationship 
that actually causes mankind to be in God's image. And think about it. If you have a man and a woman brought together by God, the Holy Spirit, and they're two separate people, but they're also one flesh by God honoring their decision to commit their lives together in holy matrimony or in marriage, then think about it. You have three people who are one and three people who are also three people. Yeah. If two people are actually brought together by God, what does it say in the Bible? If God brings two people together, let no man what? Tear them apart. Okay. Yeah. okay. So the idea is, is like, look, before sin, marriage was the model. And mm -hmm. what was the first command that God gave, gave Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. Okay. So clearly, um, in order to be actually created in God's image, Kylie, think about it. Um, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three. And when God said, hey, wait a minute, something's missing here. Adam's going to need somebody. It's not good that man should be alone. He creates Eve. He puts them together and he says, be fruitful and multiply and get this. Think about this. Have you ever thought of the fact that God made us in his image and we actually even get to participate in being part of the creative act? Mm. Like, think about that. God is the creator. He spoke everything in the world. By the word of his power, everything was created and is sustained. Every living being gives honor and glory to God. Why? He, he, he is worthy of our praise and our honor and glory. Why? Because without the word, we cannot even live. My heart beats because God keeps it beating. My mind is working. The words that are coming out of my mouth are everything in my life. My life in and of itself, the fact that I'm living is a gift from God. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the point of the matter is, is that we serve a God who created us in his image and gave us the awesome responsibility of being fruitful and multiplying, of choosing a helpmate, and even being able to participate in being blessed by God with children. We participate mm -hmm. with God in creation. It's amazing. That's so cool. That's cool. Back to like the topic of like singleness and just like waiting for that though. Like loneliness, like that's like a big thing we struggle with. Like not even like, like we talked about like the physical side and like that can feel like loneliness too, but just like, just like loneliness in general and like being single, like how have you dealt with that? Or like how, what have you like read? That's like, oh, this is how you should deal with like what's helped. Yeah. Or what have yeah, you heard okay, so helped others? Even though, listen, I'm not going to say that I liked everything in love like that. Okay. And I'm not going to say that I liked everything in soulmates by God. I mean, clearly you need to test everything that you read. All of the authors or the books that I will suggest all of the books that you could possibly, and, and you might even find a different book on relationships. But one thing I will say is, is that reading soulmates by God, I actually, there's two different versions of the book. One of them is just the regular book. And then there's one that's called Soulmates by God, a 31-day journey with the matchmaker. Now, the mm -hmm. reason I like this is because it breaks it down. Um, all of the ideas that are contained in the book are break down into 31, very like 10 or 15 minutes to read. And then it has questions at the end of every one. So you can kind of journal your own thoughts. You can, mm -hmm. you know, dialogue with what the, oh, do I think the scripture is really saying what the author saying? you know? It gives you a chance to digest this. And it's really cool because they actually put the journal in the book twice because they encourage you to do the 31 day journey with your matchmaker, with God, go on a journey with God, praying and, 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 you know, studying the things from the Bible. And I'm just gonna have to tell you something as I've gone on this journey of trying to understand God's plan for my life, whether or not he wants me to stay single in, in my calling for me, I've known since I was an eight year old little boy that God wants me to be a world evangelist. Matthew 24, 14 is the vision and the mission for my life, preaching the gospel of the kingdom into all the world as witness to all the nations, because I want to see Jesus come again. And I want to be a part of not only just, it's like Jesus said, he says that they came and looked for him and they said, Hey, is Jesus here? You know, and it's his mother and his brothers and stuff looking for him. And he goes, Hey, who is my father? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sisters? 
What I've discovered that has helped me with loneliness is realizing that God has given me this awesome ability to be a part of not only being reconciled by Christ. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone comes to Christ or if anyone is in Christ, the old life that they were using, living in sin that leads to death has gone away. Behold, all things have become new. What I realized is, is, hey, look, I am living. I am living in the eyes of eternity now. Mm. And the God sized dreams that God put in my heart when I was a little boy are going to last forever. And if God is using me right now just to be in this season of singleness then God show me what you want me doing in the season of singleness. And for me, that's just focusing on, wow, look at all the things that God is doing. He's given me all of these ministry opportunities. Uh, for those of you that heard my first two episodes, he took me from homeless on the streets at 24 years old to where I am now with a master's degree hanging on my wall from Andrews University, full ride. I'm a pastor of two churches. I'm the chaplain of a school. And, and I just want to challenge you guys. When you go on a journey with God and you let him be your matchmaker and you trust him with the season and you trust him with your singleness and you trust that, hey, God has promised me if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are going to be added unto me. It's not that you don't ever have moments where you feel lonely, because let's mm. be real. I'll just tell you the truth. Kylie, let me just break it to you. There are days when it's Valentine's Day or when I'm sitting in Vespers or I'm at church and everyone has someone they're sitting with and they're holding hands and they look so happy. And like you see the wife you know, put her head on his, and you're sitting there like, where's mine? So all of us struggle with the moments of loneliness. But the thing, I guess, to answer your question is, is this, first of all, getting the book like Soulmates by God and going on that journey where I'm like really sowing the word of God in my life and I'm praying about it and I'm really asking God to go on the journey with me. Suddenly I don't feel so lonely anymore. Mm. Yeah. You know? And I think like, I think that like, definitely like from like a like psychological, like social work standpoint and stuff. It's like, it's also just like not focusing like on the problem. It's focusing like on the good in your life and like taking your eyes off of like what you don't have and putting it on, like putting it back on God and stuff. And I think like, that's awesome. Like it's not, you weren't like sitting there focusing on, oh, how do I fix my loneliness? Instead you like, you brought us down this whole, like, oh, this is the plan that God has in my life. And he's going to give me purpose in this time and in this place and stuff. And I think that like, that's really it. It's not like, oh, let me fix my loneliness. It's like, okay, let's just set that aside. Let's do, let's focus on what God's got planned. Yeah. And so like when I wake up on a typical day, um, I'll be invited to do a chapel at the school. I'll have my Bible in a year that I'm doing at five fifteen every day. So I'm like literally reading through the entire Bible and on a reading plan that does old Testament, new Testament, Psalm and Proverbs. And I have like a whole community of people that I'm going through the word of God with. And I'm like doing a daily devotional on Instagram live is like 7,000 plus people around the world are reading through the Bible together with me. I've got this arise school going on. And then let me just tell you a cute story. Like I got invited to this girl's birthday party. Her mom said, you can only have so many people and she's turning 11 years old. And I'm like with a limited number of people. She says, pastor far has to be at my birthday. Oh, cute. So then I'm there. I get invited. I go to the birthday party and her little sister is there too. And her little sister has gone on this kick where she's she's like, I want to be a puppy. So she's going around the house, running around on all fours, going ruff, 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 ruff. And nobody <laughs> wanted to play with her. Oh. And so here I am. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pretend to be a puppy too. So for a few minutes, I'm like, ruff, ruff, ruff. And I'm talking back to her and puppy. And then she comes over and she taps me on the shoulder and she says, good puppy. <laughs> and her and I have been best friends ever since. And so the thing I'm saying is, is that in my singleness, I've been totally available for what God has for me in every day. And so here's what I want to say. Like, here's how you can practically apply this in your life if you're listening. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're a social worker, a nurse, a dentist, a doctor, go in college, wherever you're at in life, whatever your career is, whatever you're doing, 
listen, if you live that life where you're waking up and you're putting your feet on the floor and you're saying, Lord, put me in the right place at the right time, saying and doing the right thing. Let me live my life today for you. Be my matchmaker. Show me where I'm at, what season I'm in, whether I'm single, whether I'm going to be with someone, whether I'm going to meet, whatever. I'm giving you my life. I'm putting you in control of it. Then here's what I want to encourage you to do. Be present in the season that you're in. If it's singleness, be present in that season. If it's a relationship, be present in that season. And, and just allow God to fill your day with the beautiful things that he's giving you. And instead of, like you said, instead of thinking about, I don't have a relationship on Valentine's Day, like instead say, okay, where, what season am I in? How can I use this day to be loved by God, to celebrate the things that I do have and to be blessed by God, to be a blessing to those around me. And when mm. you're living life like that on a day-by-day basis, whether it's Valentine's Day, whether it's Veterans Day, whether it's Memorial, whether it's 4th of July, Christmas, New Year's Eve, I don't care what day it is. Yeah. When you're on a journey with God and your life is full of the things that God has for you and you're acknowledging the season you're in and you're letting God be your matchmaker and you're in a place of trust rather than worry, you just don't feel as lonely. Does it mean you never feel lonely? Hardly. That's cool. That's good. Um, and then I think we got about like maybe like 10 more minutes, but um, I know something that we wanted to talk about. Um, you're telling me about the book um, Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. Okay. Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. Now I've had some people complain to me, like, how could you ever quote Gary Thomas or read his books? I'm like, listen, guys, when you read books, comb it over and keep the good stuff and get rid of the rest. So, (laughs) right. Hello. Okay. So here's one of the things that I loved about this book, because what I see in the dating scene that is is being promoted kind of thing. And, and, and here's the sad part. A lot of the Christian dating apps that I see out there are just like, the. it's like, it's no different than the world. It's like, it's look, here's the Christian dating app. And the pictures we're going to use is of a guy or a girl, like a guy in a ripped mouth, you know, like looking all strong <laughs> and attractive and locks flowing long, you know, like, I don't They're know. They're appealing to the same things. like Right. And, and, and then like you have, you know, girls on there that are in their bikini or I, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're just sitting here like, okay, this is swipe left or right. It's like, either I find you physically appealing to the eyes or I don't. And if I think that you're attractive, then I'm swiping left. And if I don't think you're attractive, I'm swiping right. And you're basing your whole decision, whether or not you like a person, not based on anything about the person. It has nothing to do with anything, any kind of substance. And to any of you, Christian dating sites out there that are doing better than that. Good for you. I'm not trying to slam everyone or put everyone down or say that I know everything. I am just saying that a lot of what you see on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Snapchat and everything else is promoting these three things. Gary Thomas talks about it in his book. He says, listen, most of the world try to predict future marital happiness and fulfillment based on three things, romantic attraction. Okay. Now here's the thing. If you're basing your relationship on romantic attraction, guess what? That cannot be sustained neurochemically over the long haul. Mm. Proven by science. Listen, the person, the way that you see them in whatever outfit they're wearing, tomorrow might be wearing something else. Their hair might be different and you'd be like, not into her. Okay, hello, people. You're basing like whether or not you want to date person a person on something that is not sustainable in the long haul of mm. marriage. Guess what? You're going to get older. Guys, you're going to get older. Gals, you're going to get older. So if you're trying to attract a helpmate based on romantic attraction only, you're basing what you're attracting a person on on something unsustainable. Mm. So ladies, I'm just going to be bold because I'm a very bold person. 
And at my age, I've been single for a long time. So if you date me as outdated or I'm saying things that come from the Bible that you don't agree with, and you're like, what a loser, never want to be with that guy. I'm, totally <laughs> with that. I'm, I'm all right with it. Moving on. I'm all right. I'm totally secure in what I believe. Ladies, if you, if you gain a man because of sexual attraction and physical appearance, you will lose a man when he finds somebody more sexually attractive mm. and more physically appealing than you. Yeah. Stop it. Guys, quit trying to get girls based on the car you're driving, the money you got in your wallet, and the fact that you look good with your six pack. Okay. Because <laughs> if you only, I'm sorry, but if you're getting her on just the worldly things, on romantic attraction, on whatever it is that's going to appeal, because what appeals to women is different, guys, in case you haven't figured this out. Hello. <laughs> You know, like I'm trying to, <laughs> all right. Okay. So let's move on. The second thing he talks about sexual chemistry. So like uh, romantic attraction, right? Um, sexual chemistry between two people is the thing that the world will try to base it on. People will try to tell you, Hey, make sure that you like kissing them. Try out the sexual part of the relationship before you get engaged or married. That's the worldly advice. But guess what? Sexual Interaction, man between woman, will cause you to actually ignore the actual characteristics and qualities of a person that you're going to live with for the rest of your life and make you feel, based on chemicals released in your brain, that you love the person even when you don't. And that also wears off. So listen to this. Sexual chemistry, like in the infatuation that can happen from romantic attraction, doesn't last. Long-term sexual satisfaction in marriage has far more to do with character, spiritual maturity, relational health, and intellectual sexual attraction. That mm. means, listen, long after the woman that you fell in love with when she was a young, mid-20s, early 30s woman who was very attractive to look at and everything, long after her looks wear off, you are going to be attracted to her personality, her character, and what she has in her mind. Guys, use your heads. Pick somebody that you can have a conversation with. Get good <laughs> at developing relationship. Friendship. Yeah. And build it on God, because if you fall for the world's lie that you need to figure out whether you like them based on whether you like having sex with them or not, you're going to end up fooling yourself chemically into thinking you're in love with a person that you can't even have a conversation with. And then you'll be wondering why your marriage isn't working or why your relationship falls apart or why you get engaged, but you never end up married or the guy never puts the ring on the finger because you've gone and done things according to the pattern of the world. You've trusted the wisdom of men and you've totally lost your opportunity for a good relationship. Okay. Third thing relational compatibility. Okay. People will use dating apps and even the really good ones that are not just based only on the appearance, but also ask you to take a survey to figure out whether you have compatibility or not. Listen to this. <laughs> while, while relational compatibility on websites can tell you whether or not you are compatible with a person in a moment, they totally forget that people change. Mm. It doesn't predict how well you're going to handle managing your house, balancing careers, raising kids, it does not say anything about your day-to-day -day tasks and responsibilities, and it doesn't tell you anything about how married life or aging, growing up, maturing mentally, spiritually, physically is going to change the things that you're interested in. Taking a quiz to find out if you like to go bowling together is not a good thing to determine whether or not they're a person that you want to entrust your entire life to people. Okay, so these are the three things I'm highlighting on this book and I just want to I want to present this if I say nothing else in the rest of our time together here there is one other thing I want to share with you before we go but if I say nothing else this is the thing if you didn't hear anything on this podcast 
Kylie, if you as a single woman don't hear anything else that I said, this is the thing that I found in Gary Thomas's book, The Sacred Search, that I think is gold. Whether I agree with everything he says or not, this I agree with. Here's what he says. Too many of us are asking who, and we're not asking why. You want me to break that down for you? Go for it. We need to. Okay. Too many of us are looking around us. Is it her? Is it her? Is it her? Is it him? Is that the one? Is that the one? Is that the one? And we haven't even asked the why question in marriage. And there's one verse in the Bible I'd like to go to over and over and over and over again when it comes to relationships, when it comes to singleness, when it comes to going through that season of singleness, overcoming the loneliness, trusting God, going through that season and getting to the place where God is ready to actually bring you. He's got your heart right. He's got your character right. He's got your mind right. He's turned you into the person who has to offer what you're hoping for. You actually meet the things on your list. So you no longer need someone to provide things for you, but you've become everything that you need, you and God together. In that moment, you're ready. And here's what the Bible says. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first your relationship with God. Seek him and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Provided the two most important things to make a marriage work are what? Purpose and character. And growing in that, we know that asking the why question is better than the who question, and here's why. Break it down for you very simply. When Adam was given Eve, she was brought to him to be a helpmate. Mm. And I promise you, whether you're a man or a woman listening to me right now, if you're single, every single person born into this world, God has a purpose for their life. God has a calling on their life. God has given you gifts and talents. And the primary purpose in your life is to seek God, to be loved by him to love God and from your loving relationship with God, be empowered by God to actually have a character of love, to actually model what it says in first Corinthians chapter 13 about love, where love is patient and kind. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not rude, but instead by putting God first, by seeking his kingdom first and by having a relationship with God, by having his righteousness poured out in our life, we actually become the person that is ready to lay down our life out of reverence for Christ. You see how that Ephesians chapter five is very important. People are like, hey, wives, you got to submit to your husbands. But they forget that it says you submit to one another. Guys, you submit to your wife. Wives, you submit. People, when you get into a committed relationship, you don't submit to one another out of reverence for each other, but you submit to each other out of reverence for Christ. Why? Because in the process of seeking first the kingdom of God and asking the why, God, why do you want me to get married? Why do you want me to seek a romantic relationship? Why? Well, it's because God is going to bring you a helpmate in preparing for the second coming of Jesus and being a blessing to each other and to helping each other in the calling that God has for your life. Mm. And so friends, stop focusing on who and start asking why. And here's why. Because when we ask why, we go on a journey with God, which prepares our character, our mind, our hearts our spiritual, mental, emotional maturity for marriage. And if I'm in a relationship with God where I'm letting God love me and I'm loving God, I can promise you something. I'm going to end up having better relationships with my mother, my father, my brothers, my sisters, the people in my church, the people in my community, the people in my school, whatever social experience, you know, college, wherever you're at in life, you will end up becoming a person who is good at relationships because you are developing the most important relationship. You're Mm. reflecting the love of God. And I can promise you in that place, You will come to the season where God is ready to actually bring you a helpmate in working together for his kingdom come and his will be done on earth and in your lives as it is in heaven. And friends, here's why this is a good idea. You may be thinking to yourself, that sounds so stupid. Here's why it's good. 
God is going to bless you, bless the person you marry through you, bless you by the person you marry, and make you both together a blessing to others because God-centered relationships are never selfish. They are mm. always others-focused, and that's why they work. Mm. Yes, yes. That's so awesome. Yeah, I like Sacred that. Sacred Search, Gary Thomas. Get that book. Okay. I like that. That's so good. I like the idea, you know, that, you know, love isn't self-centered. It's about, it blesses others, but it also blesses yourself. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I think that that's it. We're about at time. So, um, let me say, let me say, uh, let me say one last thing. So if you're single on Valentine's day and you're trying to find a way to get through the loneliness, here's what I want to challenge you to do. There's a book that you can get called 31 prayers for my future husband or my future wife. Mm. It's by Aaron and Jennifer Smith. And it says, preparing my heart for marriage by praying for her or him. Now, if you're single, you know what you can do in the meantime, if you don't know who you're going to get with, pray for that person. And here's why. If you check out the book, you're going to find out that as you pray for the other person, you end up becoming all of the things that you hope to find in another person. Mm. And as a result, you become a better gift for when God brings you to that season. There's another book Mm. I want to challenge you to look at. Any book by Bob Goff is good, but there's one called Dream Big. And here's why I want you to check out this book. This book talks about focusing on eternal life rather than temporal life and never allowing yourself to dream anything other than God-sized dreams. Mm. And the very number one principle in the book, and he actually, in the very first chapter of the book, he talks about how he met his wife and he did it by dreaming big. He says, first of all, you got to get ready to dream big and never let anyone tell you that your God-sized dreams are too big. And Mm. how can you know that those God-sized dreams are going to come true? By living your life through the eyes of eternity rather than trying to accomplish all the dreams God has given you in 100 years. And here's the other thing. He says, if you're serious about a God-sized dream for your life, first of all, you need to surround yourself with people who love you well. Friends, if you don't want to be lonely in your singleness, surround yourself with people who love you well and who you can invite to come with you in the God-sized dream of being a part of God's kingdom here on earth and in eternity. Mm, that's cool I love that that's so awesome thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing all of it um I hope that this episode really helps those who are struggling with their singleness and are just like feeling the loneliness in this season um we're gonna try and put the link or the title and author of like all of these books in the like description and so if you are, if this is like something that you are going through and you are like feeling really lonely, like me and some other people, um, then definitely check out these books too. And like, you know, you can reach out to us or reach out to Stephen Farr. Um, I'll link his Yeah, Instagram you can find again. me on, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Stephen Farr 12. And you can also find me, I have a pastor page, Pastor Stephen Farr. And I also have a personal page on Facebook, Stephen William Farr. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram. That's my two platforms. Yeah, yeah. So I hope this helps you guys um, through this lovely season. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a good week. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye.